Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Welcome back, adventurers. This is the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, and usually I'd be introducing my co-host, Lotus of Doom, but he got caught up in a holiday events and maybe he'll be popping in back in here into the to the recording and the stream but um until then we do have some patrons joining us because this is the end of the month patron chat it is the end of the month of november uh, the day after thanksgiving here in the u.s and also just a few weeks after the celebration of skyrim's 10th anniversary and what a wonderful time to have some patrons on to reminisce about skyrim and our adventures in the world of tamriel specifically the cold north and this week we have three of our patrons joining us i'm just going to go in order here we've got ben of tamaria for the first time joining us he's one of our witchers from the witcher lore cast and he decided to make the jump from one universe over to another to come join us over here in the world of tamaria he brought it he, he brought his silver sword his steel sword and ben welcome to the show how you doing buddy i'm doing fantastic welcome welcome how does it how does it feel to be in a different universe not not so different it's still like <laughs> monsters and whatnot to kill so yeah yeah you feel <laughs> killing daedra it's pretty similar to killing you know who knows other witcher type monsters they're, oh, they're yeah. not too different <laughs> <laughs> all right cool man well thanks for joining us and then we also have chef coming back chef welcome how's it going pretty good man what's up what's up welcome back to the show good to see Glad you again to be back yeah yeah, and then Bribwin's back. Brib, it's good to see you again, buddy. Yeah, it's been a while, but I'm still here. I'm still a T four T T four patron. So T four patron, you're part of the you're part of the old guard at this point. That's right. That's right. When it was uh, Lincoln and Bob and that crew. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's funny how things evolve over time. Those guys are still around. They're still doing stuff, but you know, it's uh, things kind of change out and, and you're coming back. I'm, it's good to see you again. Um, I hope all of you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. And we talked a little bit about that during the, the pre-show, but we are here specifically to talk about our adventures in Skyrim with the anniversary edition. I know I've been diving back in, I've been streaming it. And, uh, my character in, in my games in the mornings has recently been cursed by Sheogoreth with a dungeon roulette wheel where uh, my character gets cursed with all sorts of wackiness. But I want to hear about your experiences in Skyrim, um, specifically some of your favorite memories, how you got into Skyrim, and really what it means to you from a game perspective. And I'm going to open this up to you guys. Who would wants to start first? I want to hear, hear about how you got into the game and, and kind of your first impressions. Chef, how did you get into Skyrim? 
one of my best friends ever introduced me to Skyrim like I think a year after it came out we were in like elementary school I know I'm, I'm young I'm barely 18 but yeah. we, we got into it really early on yeah so you must and, have been like what nine or ten like yeah yeah I, I was uh, it was like mid elementary school my buddy he hardly even knew what he was doing but his brother had the game so we played it one time we we were just goofing around and I don't even think we got like much farther than the guardian stones but then like uh-huh a few years later when we were in middle school when special edition came out we actually started to understand you know what was going on on screen so i ended up getting the game and and i've poured a bit over seven thousand hours into it since then wow wow yeah yeah it's... and i mod the hell out of it now and i have like a fairly solid grasp of like modding like from that time i went from like barely playing like nintendos to like now actually like knowing a good bit about the software stuff Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty informative. Getting into that game at that age, uh, my son is eleven. Um, he's seen me play parts of that game and some of Fallout, and usually I keep the uh, the darker sides of those games <laughs> a bit away from him. But um, yeah, the, the complexity of a game, an, op- an open world role playing game at his age, is a little a little beyond his grasp of enjoyment. Yeah. Um, but I it's can like Zelda versus Skyrim, like one of them is clearly much more targeted to a certain audience than another. Right. It right. Makes sense. But I, I can see how like getting getting older, getting to the point of being is like 12, 13, 14 years old. All of a sudden, your mind kind of opens up to those things. And yeah, I you're can, starting to grasp more of like the slightly more complex concepts in there. Yeah. And, and even just this idea of like role playing in the world and the, the way that you engage with the games begins to open up. It's not just about what's immediately in front of you. It's about like playing your character and and the greater complexities of what's going on beyond just what's immediately in front of you yeah. that's, that's that's interesting that was definitely a big thing like i noticed uh i was thinking back to it i grabbed my old playstation and i got on my very first save and i realized like wow i literally just named the character my name i really didn't know what i was doing yeah yeah i mean it was but now i've got uh, it's it's just so much like different the way you actually like, play the games once you actually know what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Like I've even found that like like I was joking earlier like you got like more simple games where it's like Zelda or Pokemon or whatever. Like now I even go back to those like you know like I, I kind of like role play it in my head as much as I can. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's playing an RPG like growing up like f- slowly starting to understand like the RPG elements. I think is giving me like a a really strong appreciation for that kind of stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, ben, when did you discover Skyrim? Were you already Ooh. into the Elder Scrolls, or was that your first? Yeah, entry? I, I mean, I, I mean, I discovered Elder Scrolls with Morrowind on the original Xbox. Okay, so you, but, I mean, you'd been around for a while by that point. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get too heavy into probably Elder Scrolls till Skyrim came out. Honestly, mm-hmm. honestly though, um, God, like. I I played that game religiously when I was like I was in high school. I was like a sophomore in high school or um when that game came out or something like that. And I I put way too many hours into that game. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still am. <laughs> do you remember do you remember like the teaser trailer or the trailers coming out for it and uh or or some of the internet footage or like um I I remember when they would show like the characters and the character design differences from oblivion to skyrim do you remember this stuff oh yeah 
I remember being very excited about like, oh, the Argonians look so much cooler. The Khajiit looks so much cooler. Look at the people's faces. It, it just from where you go from Oblivion from the 360 straight into Skyrim, like was it was like it was a uh, what what Oblivion came out in what ooh, seven two thousand seven I believe. So it's like almost four or five year difference in yeah. that time. In it was like the beginning of the 360 generation and the end of the 360 generation. It was like, uh, it was like, here's the 360, here's what it's capable of. Okay, let's make a game for it. And then by the mm-hmm. end of the 360 generation, they were like, okay, we're veterans of this system. We know 100% of what it's capable of, and we're going to use every ounce of it. Oh, yeah. That, and it, who knows where it goes from here when they do six? Who knows? But it, everything was beautiful took my breath away like it's not like looking porygony looking style everything's curved everything's nice looking mm-hmm. uh water it's like water <laughs> yeah yeah and by today's standards it's, it's a little dated but at that time oh, yeah. it was it was like oh my god look at what they're doing with the system it was amazing absolutely brib what do you think what when, when did you get into it i got into it my freshman year of college and I had bought it and we lived on, on my dorm room floor was a square. And then there was like the common area in the middle, but I was on a corner room and all whatever, like 40 or 50 guys in the room would pile into my room and we would just watch me play. Oh my God. <laughs> that's awesome. Do it for hours. That's all we would do. <laughs> and like, I probably put, you know, a thousand, 2000 hours into it. And then I haven't played it. I played oblivion when, um, Deadlands came out for ESO or when they announced that. Oh, wow. And then, because that was my first game that I played in the Elder Scrolls series. And then, and then they came out with a 10th anniversary edition for Skyrim. And I'm like, this is just a ploy to sell more like, <laughs> copies of Skyrim. Like, this is ridiculous. And then I bought it. Of course it and is. And I started playing it. And I'm like, this is so good. It's I know. Like, so good. I know. Yeah. I did the same thing. I was like, well, I might as well upgrade my copy. I did the $20 upgrade. I might as well check out the content creation stuff. And yeah. then I started playing it on stream. And like, and I don't know if Ben was there. Like, some of you guys have been coming into the stream and, and watching me play, but I'm just like, I'm just like, oh my god, this game is so good. Even <laughs> like, <laughs> my wife, my wife usually like sometimes we'll watch TV, but our TV is hooked up to my computer, uh-huh. so sometimes you know she'll read or we'll watch TV together. But she was reading the other night I was playing, and uh, and next thing I know, I, I feel her looking at me, and she's just been watching me play uh-huh. like the whole time. And then she's like, and then she looks. I'm I'm talking to Lydia, you know the fan you get. Yeah, in there. yeah. And she's like, burden. she's she's like, who is that? And I was like, oh, she's just like my thing. Like she helps carry stuff and follows me around. And she's like, so she's a slave. And I'm like, no, no, she's, she's like a squire. And I was like, and she just starts bashing me. But it was, it was like good humor, mm-hmm. but I couldn't believe it. Cause even her, like 10 years later, you know, it's, it's good enough to even like suck my wife in. And my wife is not a gamer. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's awesome. That is, that yeah. is so cool. Yeah. So speaking of wives, um, my wife, uh, is, she's so cool I, I love my wife she's uh, of course otherwise she wouldn't be my wife but i you know she she's the kind of gamer who got into games she's she's about seven years younger than i am so she's in her her mid-30s i'm in my early 40s um but she got into games really in like the playstation one era late 90s because she saved up and bought herself a playstation one 
Like she didn't grow up and, and have consoles because her parents bought them for her for Christmas or something. Like I was I was fortunate. My parents bought me like a Nintendo for Christmas. My dad actually worked in um, she's he sold IBM systems to large companies. So in the early 80s, he actually came home with a computer system for us. And I was playing these like computer games in the 80s because we had one in our house because my dad worked in computers. So I was fortunate to, to be able to do that because that's just the industry my dad was in. So that's part of why I love computer games so much is because of, of that. But my wife got into into games, not during the Nintendo era, but during like the PlayStation era. So she was playing games like Spyro the Dragon and like these like PlayStation era games. So she has this love of like collecting things and platformers and those kinds of things. So when she we started dating around 2007 is when we started dating and playing games together. Um, I think she saw she, this was when like fallout three came out. Right. And I'd played oblivion and then I was, I got into fallout three and then she saw me playing fallout three. And so she got into that. So she started playing that, but then Skyrim came out and I was like, oh man, Skyrim. And she's like, what's Skyrim? And I'm like, the the people who made fallout three make this other series of games called elder scrolls and Skyrim's coming out. And I was like, it's like fallout, but like fantasy stuff. And she's like, okay, cool. And so I got into that. And that of course drew her in too. It's kind of similar to what you're, what you're saying. And I was like, remember how cool fallout is Skyrim is like awesome too, but it's like dragons and like, and she's like, Oh, okay. Okay. And then of course that pulled her in. And so she started playing that as well. But yeah, like that, that whole thing of like being able to enjoy that with your spouse or your girlfriend or, you know, your significant other, like that's just, there's something about that. That's just the best, you know, like, I don't know, man. Do you, any of you other guys, like, do you ever, do you have that with any significant others or have you experienced that? No. Jeff, sort of. Kinda. There was a girl I went out with for a good while who got into like a lot of the same games and stuff as I was into, but then you know, that, that that went kind of south, so now I'm kinda like worried. I got I got a girl now and I'm really worried about like introducing her to some of the stuff. Because, uh, like, I don't know, it's just, like, paranoia. Yeah, but yeah. Then it's I'll get funny. even more attached that I'm going to be really worried and it stresses me out. It's funny that you just mentioned, like, introducing a video game to your significant other similar to how you would do it like your parents <laughs> right it's on that it's on that level yeah yeah well, well it's, my it's... dad was trying to escape my family yesterday during like thanksgiving dinner <laughs> so we just came into my room and i was just playing skyrim and he was helping me come up with like a build for my new uh dark elf that i made oh that's Love great that, well this is the other thing is that i really want to introduce my dad to to a game like this because i think if he would actually give it a chance and give it enough time to get used to the controller that he mm-hmm. could he could really get into it and appreciate something like Skyrim, you know, and he's like he's like in his 60s, you know, but like like I feel like he could really if he could just get over the hump of like like it's not his generation's thing. There's the the controls and the remembering what's going on. But if he could just get past that, I feel like there's there's enough there. But he, he's the guy that got me into like the Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's the kind of guy who went to college in the 70s when they were talking about like, you know, did is Frodo alive? And, you know, like that whole like 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 I have I have here. Check this out. Look. This this is his D&D advanced D&D players handbook from the 1970s. Like I inherited this stuff from him. 
Like, that's cool. Like this is like his signature on here. Like, like this was his book, you know, like I'm so in, awesome. I'm into this stuff because I inherited it from him and we wouldn't be playing Skyrim if it wasn't for stuff like this. I wouldn't be into this nerdy fantasy stuff if if I if I didn't have this in my closet because he was like, oh, I don't I don't need this anymore. Why don't you have it? You know, I pour. I remember being a teenager and pouring over like the the spell descriptions and like the, the monster descriptions in this book. And just being like, you know, these like little drawings of these little monsters and things being like, oh, my God, this stuff is so cool. You know? Yeah, that's cool. And then Skyrim, it's all programmed in. You just I mean, it's yeah. the same stuff. It's just you get to interact with it on a more like visual basis. But it's still like the it's monsters the same you're thing. playing have. Yeah, they have right. preset spells and preset abilities and levels. And yeah, it's all. Yeah, right. I tried to explain it like this to him. I'm like, I'm like, remember the Lord of the Rings? Remember a character like Aragorn? Aragorn spent decades of his life out in the wilderness, surviving on his own, going on his own adventures, hunting goblins and, and doing doing whatever he was doing in the wilderness. That's basically what you're doing in Skyrim until you undertake the, you know, the, the main quest line. Right. You could totally play Skyrim just like especially if you got one of those mods where it's just like alternate start. You could totally role play your character as like I'm just a ranger out in the woods, just going off on my own, coming across whatever adventure comes across. I come across like you could just role play Aragorn, Aragorn in the wilderness and like, oh, I came across a, a cave full of bandits. Well. Let's just clear these bandits out of the way because there's travelers on the road and I don't want them to be attacked by the bandits, you know, like that's totally a thing Aragorn might do. Why not? You know, like like my, my dad in his 20s would have eaten that up, <laughs> you know, like, yes. Spe speaking of that, in my recent playthrough, I, I put on expert mode because I just want to be challenged a little bit. And I realized experts are still really hard, um, especially early levels. I mean, yeah. you know, so I did I did Shagoras quest to get the Wabajack. Uh -huh. And then I did that pretty early because I had been just, I was in solitude for a certain reason and I just came across it. So I got it. And then I was I was going back to I was the, doing the Thalmor embassy quest where you have to free the um gray main mm -hmm. and and so i did that and i'm on my way back and i passed one of the dragon um burrows and uh and i clear it but it's really hard like i had to load it and unload it and and finally so i get to the first draugr overlord there was two towards the end and then you face the dragon priest oh geez and i couldn't i couldn't beat it so finally i just Got my Wabajack out and I was like, let's just see how this goes. <laughs> Maybe it could turn and him into a bunny. Let's give it a turn into, I turned into a chicken and closed the door <laughs> and moved on, fought another one, hit it with the Wabajack. But when I saw the name pop up, I'm like, I'm not even going to try. I'm just, I just started with the Wabajack. One shot it. I was like, this is amazing. And so, so then I go out onto the peak. It's Volk, Volkskig is the one I think is the only two. And I, and I got the, the dragon shout or whatever. And then I, and then the, the dragon priest pops out of the coffin and, and it, there was a glitch. So it just stood there while Lydia's hitting it and I'm like throwing flames at it and the health meter's not moving. Oh no. It's because it was so powerful. <laughs> so I hit it with the Wabajack 
and it turns into a chicken. Then I hit it again. It turns into all these things. <laughs> Finally, I get it so that it did the one shot, but it took the health only half down. And I was like, Oh, this is okay. Like this wow. is a start, but then it unclicked the glitch and she started the dragon priest started attacking us. Ooh. So I got hit with the Wabajack again and the Wabajack healed it full health. Oh no. And I was like, Oh, and then oh. finally I, and then I, and then I died. So I loaded again, did the whole thing. And I got to a point finally where I got two, two, like one hits in a row with the Wabajack and killed it. And I was like, this is amazing. And I'm like, anyway, I, I it's just like, there's so many stories I could tell, but freaking Shiogorath. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like the best way to start. Cause otherwise early levels, if you start hard, you basically just have to craft your way up mm. to like higher levels to where you're viable. And I was like, I, I don't want to do that. It's boring. So instead, maybe if I just get the Wabajack, then I can like cheat my way through the first 10 levels. That's a good strategy. Yeah. The way yeah. I get through the first, uh, the early levels usually is if I'm playing a, like if I have like any magic, like, um, any like magic, what's the word I'm looking for? There's the, Potions? If I'm like committing to magic like or, at all, uh-huh. investments. If I have any magic investment, I always go for like the the add like your to your magical pool stuff, and I just find like the highest level spell I can, like buy off a of Ferengar, just chop wood for like an hour, <laughs> buy it off of like somebody early, and I just go like, oh, frost troll on the top of a uh, high Hrothgar, fireball. I'm level five. It's gone. Yeah, yeah, nice. It works. Yeah, yeah. You can you can spam magic pretty well. Especially if it's things that do you like, uh, you know, like illusion spells. You just you just cast them. You wait for your magic to come back. You just cast them some more. You wait for your magic to come back. You cast them some more, and then you, you level up. So that, oh, things that's like what that. I did with conjuration. I think right, one of conjuration the first times, works. Like, yeah, you can use soul trap on like something that's already dead, and it'll sometimes level you up. Yeah, the conjuration works that way. Like a lot of the magic stuff, you can just kind of keep using. Um, so that works pretty well. Yeah, man, this is ah. Uh, such good stuff. So do you guys have any other fun stories? Any other like uh, like recent stuff? Let's talk. Let's talk recent stuff. And then after the break, I want to hear some of your favorite things from the past. Like getting back into it again recently. Who, who have you like been playing again recently because of the anniversary edition? Oh, I have completely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot how pain of a butt giants are. <laughs> So bad. So running I was like, back oh, into yeah, them. Yeah, let me just go ahead and then skyrocket straight to the moon. Gone. Like, oh. oh, great. That that's great. I completely forgot they were OP in this game because I was playing ESO before the anniversary edition. It's <laughs> uh-huh. like, oops, uh-huh. this is not the same game. Oh no. <laughs> I forgot how hard modding was for a while. Mm-hmm. The script extender uh, has been kicking my butt recently. Yeah, it's it's broken. Yeah, uh, I posted yeah. I posted a video about it. Um, yeah, and and how to I, I know, how to deal with that. I know the whole situation where it's where it's the guy needs to work on it. And he got you. I know the guy who uh, runs it got like an early copy of uh, anniversary edition with like the new updates, to the creation club stuff, so we could work on it. Yeah, but uh, in like the months leading up to it, I tried to like rework my my load order, and I completely destroyed the script extender, so oh, I wasn't no. able to play the game for a few months. Oh no. Yeah, I, I just couldn't figure it out. So I'm thinking, okay, well, when we get the new update out, I'm just gonna, you know, wipe the slate clean, clear all my stuff from Skyrim. Yeah, it's always good to have a backup. That's why it's nice to have an yeah. external drive with a lot of space. You can just kind of have a fresh install backed up somewhere, and then anytime you get the mods to work, 
like take take whatever version of that that works <laughs> put it in a backup <laughs> like just copy copy all the files just drop them somewhere else um but for anybody who's who's listening who doesn't know the the new patch anytime anytime they do like a a significant patch in skyrim that updates the way the scripts work it it can potentially break the mods especially the way the any of the mods that have to do with scripting uh if you don't know what scripting is scripting is like a high level coding that uh, so, for example, if a character knows where to walk from one place to another in a quest, there's a script that's a piece of code that tells them how to do that. If a character knows how to, you know, swing a weapon and then animate in a certain way, there's a script that might have have something to do with that. Yeah, like it's pretty much just whatever mod has a new animation, you can assume that's going to have something to change the script extender. It's probably a script. Now, yeah. the basic uh, way that the scripts work in the game is very limited. And so there's a mod called the Skyrim script extender which added more complicated uses of scripting so that mods could do more complex things and when the anniversary edition came out they updated a lot of the core components of the system to work with newer versions of windows that connects to parts of your system that does do other things well of course that broke the connections to the script extender so the guy who does the script extender updated a patch which are updated the script extender to make the connections work with Skyrim. But then, of course, the connections to the mods were then also broken. So you have to update the, the uh, Skyrim and then update to the newest version of script extender, which isn't 100 percent connected correctly because it's still an early version of that. And then any of the mods also have to be updated by the mod makers to work with both of those things. So everything has to be updated in order and it depends on everybody in that chain getting everything right so that the mods all work. And then, of course, because of the complexities of mods, they all have to be loaded in the right order. And any mods that conflict with any other mods might create more complexities. And of course, Skyrim in any of these games are buggy on their own. So there's always more complexities with that. So, of course, you have to test every mod out individually and make sure that it doesn't crash the game. So there's there's just like if you have a hundred mods running that just increases the chance hundred those are kids numbers right right if you have 300 mods running that's way crazy right so 450 right yeah 450 it like yeah so so the time in in 10 years you may have slowly added more and more and more and more mods and very carefully added them in the right order so that everything works well and now yeah, everyone's crashing down and now now that entire pile that you very carefully built up is just not going to work right so um, there's a lot going on with the that? community. Does the Sky does the Skyrim script extender guy get paid for that? No, no, this is all he has donations, I believe. Yeah, oftentimes these people. You know, will, I'm gonna throw him a fiver. We'll put up like <laughs> they'll put up Patreons and things, and people can donate to them, but they don't they don't do this usually for money. They do it for for the community. This usually start as kind of these passion projects, um, mm. and some of these um, uh, Todd Howard talks about this a lot. Some of these modders get hired. They you know, companies like Bethesda often hire from the modding community um, because it shows that these people genuinely love these games, but it also shows a lot of talent. Somebody who comes up with a really cool idea for a mod and code codes it really well. Like that's, that's like a solid resume right there. You know, mm -hmm. like why not, why not hire that talent and bring them in house to make <clears throat> awesome things for your next game? What's really cool with that though. Like you can see from, the DLC that Skyrim has gotten over the years that they could, they took specific like aspects from the modding community for mm -hmm. parts for the DLC, like Hearthfire, I think was primarily 
base from a bunch of modders who were making the houses out in the wilderness in Skyrim. Right. And it's a, it's a really smart way to understand what the community likes and what they don't, because if people gravitate mm -hmm. to certain mod ideas that helps the company understand like, oh, these are things that people actually want that they'll actually use. And so therefore people will buy it. And if the modding, if the if the modders can actually get hired and rewarded with, you know, a career in a company they would love to work for, then that's you know, that works out for everybody. And then we, the fans, get things in the game that we actually want. So. That's, well, that's why I, I wonder if Todd just sits there staring at the draw trending page on the Nexus. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there are people in the company that do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I was when the anniversary edition came out. I was it, it had a bunch of Creation Club stuff, mm -hmm. which I which I played Fallout Four, and there's a Creation Club, but it's not that robust. And I was like, it just doesn't seem like this is a big thing. And then I down. I mean, I got the free downloads of all the Creation Club stuff, and I'm like, this is really cool because it's if I understand it correctly, the creation club stuff is like more tested mods, basically. Is mm -hmm. that right? Yeah. They're there. It's like modders who are, are working more hand in hand with the developers. And so they have a little bit more of this is, and I'm, my information is limited on this, but what I believe is that they have a little bit more inside help with coordinated work with the developers themselves on getting these actually working with the game more officially than say a modder would. Um, so it's it's almost like getting uh, Bethesda's stamp of approval on their idea. It's really nice to see like modders that I've been like I personally have been following, like downloading their stuff for years, like Eleonora, mm -hmm. the best house mods. And uh, oh, yeah. I'll fight anybody on that. Eleonora makes some of the best stuff in seeing them finally, like like actually getting their stuff supported by Bethesda. Yeah, it's, it's really nice to see like getting compensated for all that great work. Yeah, and especially still being able to work within the confines of the stuff that Bethesda has been using for the creation called like not adding too many like external assets, nothing too big. It's really impressive to see, I think. It's yeah. also exciting with where they're going with Starfield and uh, Todd's recent interview. He talked about how the modding community, they're planning to make Starfield uh, just as as supportive of mods, if not more than Skyrim was and Fallout. Um and the Starfield's going to be huge. The plan, each individual planet is going to be the size of Skyrim. And I mean, just like, can you imagine? I mean, we're talking a space game where you can go from planet to planet and it's going to have the ability to be modded by the community. Like people are going to be making their own planets and spaceships and alien species like the, like the potential for this. I'd set the bar pretty high for Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it makes sense now why this game is taking seven years to release, because mm -hmm. there's just so much potential with that. Like, if this game actually meets where they think, like, actually succeeds where they think it's going to succeed, and the modding community takes to it, this could be a twenty-year game. Like, like people could be developing entire worlds within this game, and you know, I, I mean, something like Enderel. Like was basically a game developed in Skyrim, or um, what's the one that's uh, the the one with like the time thing with uh, it's it's now in a Roman setting, but it came it recently came out on Game Pass. Oh, the Forgotten um, City. Forgotten City. Like, I mean, yeah, these I are games. Yeah, that one a while ago. Yeah, these are games that were designed in Skyrim that are now their own games that were started as mods. Like, it's amazing. I don't know. It's just a, such a cool thing to like that like creation begets creation you know and it it, cre it turns into careers for other creators like that's just 
there's so much positivity in that when it when it goes well that I, I think it's just such a cool thing. And and then we as the consumers also benefit from that because we get cool things to play and cool new universes to explore. And that just becomes really cool. So anyway, this is my thoughts on it. Why don't we take a break? We're going to thank our patrons, which is you guys, and we'll be back in just a minute. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire and every one a sign. All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash scrollslore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrollslore, expressvpn.com slash scrollslore to learn more. Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. So this week we have two new patrons, Ben of Tamaria, who's right here with us. Hi, Ben. And we also have N7 Stormtrooper, who are our new patrons. So thank you for signing up. And we have to thank, as usual, our Daedric Princes, Daniel O, and, or Daniel o and uh, uh, Noodle Al Dente. So thank you to both of you guys. And our 50, we're up to 57 of you guys, 57 patrons. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, if, you, if we've done anything to help you get through your workday, your workout, your drive to work, or cleaning up after Thanksgiving, because we know, we know, you know, those, you know, that specific side of your family that is just a mess. And we know who you're talking. We know, I know who, you know, you know who they are. I know who they are. You know who they are. And if you're just, you're still cleaning up after them and you're listening to podcasts and we're helping you get through that, then go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast and see if there's any tiers that you think you want to support us at and get some ad free episodes or 
t-shirts or stickers or join us on a future episode to be talking about awesome stuff like we're doing right now and thank you again to all of our patrons you guys are awesome and amazing and i'm sure we've got some reviews to read out but we're going to hold off on that until next week's episode and you know we're going to get back to the conversation because we've got some cool stuff to talk about some of our favorite experiences that we've ever had playing skyrim so we'll be right back yes yes you're entirely brilliant conquering madness and all that blah 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 all right, guys. So think back maybe 10 years ago, but at some point in the history of playing Skyrim, do you have some favorite occurrences? Now, this could be in the game. This could be meta. This could be like there was a time when I was playing Skyrim and this thing happened because, you know, like I was playing in the dorm and my buddy came home, came back and this thing happened while I was playing. Or it could be like I was in the game and this character died in this most ridiculous way and it was amazing or this is the first time I saw a giant and <laughs> this is what happened you know like do you have who has like a, an awesome memory something they like to share there was I have one to start out with there was one time I was role-playing a character and I believe I've shared this before I don't remember which character it was in particular but the my companion at the time and I don't remember the specific details about about it but um, I was trying to keep them alive. They'd been with me for the entire game and I did not realize I murdered them because so many of the characters, you they only die. They, they take a knee when they get hit by the enemies. But if you accidentally hit them, you can kill them, right? And I did not realize I murdered them. And I was playing, and this is like years ago. This is four or five years ago when I first started streaming. I had, a, I had kind of a growing stream community. And then I'd stop doing that for a while because I lost my job and I really needed to focus on getting a new job. Um, but I had this growing stream community and I was I was doing this thing where I was like, I'm playing my character and I'm not whatever happens, happens. And I'm not going back to a previous save. So I had no option to go back to a previous save. And I was in a dungeon and it was one of these like epic fights. And I think it was one of those dungeons where there was a um, a dragon priest. And I got through the dragon priest fight and I beat the dragon priest and I was like, yes, I beat the dragon priest. And I was in the middle of celebrating the beating the dragon priest. And I was like, I, th I was like, yes, I did. It. I don't remember which companion it was. And I was like, yes, I did. it. I did it. We did it. We did it. And then I turn around and I'm like, where are you? Where are you? And I couldn't find my companion. My companion was dead like two rooms earlier and I didn't notice it. And I had to go back and find them. Um, so I found them and I was so sad that they were dead that I dragged their body out of the dungeon and back to, where was it? Back down the mountain into, we were just outside the city. I think we were outside the city where I had found them and I, I took them all the way back to their home and buried them, <laughs> buried the quote unquote, buried them where I found them because I felt so bad. And I, I went back and had to apologize to the, the people that from where they came from because I murdered them accidentally. And I had to explain to the townspeople about their tragic death. That was my that was my way of like making things right in my role play. But yeah, but I, but of course in doing this, like that, it sounds all noble and stuff, but in the actual physics of the game, you're flopping a character around the whole way, you know, and it looks ridiculous. 
and it takes a lot of time because you just got to keep dragging a floppy character around with you. I, I, it's Oblivion was my first game and I had no friends in real life when I started playing Oblivion. That's why I was playing it. Um, so I have way more memories of that, but I do remember later on in my early, because now that I've started again, there's like two Skyrim parts of my life. But in my first, first go at Skyrim, I put a mod in where we had, you could have multiple companions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it was either the same mod or a different mod where they like infuse the game with like a diverse group of companions. So every tavern you went to had like seven. Oh, or interesting ten. NPCs. Yes. Is that one? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so you could just literally have this army of companions. And I remember thinking <laughs> I, I did a playthrough where I, I literally just went to, but I went straight from being a prisoner and was mad at the Imperials for, for having me as a prisoner. And I went to all these taverns and got like 55 companions and we just stormed <laughs> solitude and just started trying to slaughter the empire or the Imperials. And I, that was pretty fun. Yeah, you're in like was, personal army. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went straight after general Tolius, which is hilarious because in the game, there actually aren't that many like Imperials versus storm cloaks at any one time. Right. And so when you can get like 55 companions, you just overwhelm the entire one side of the whole war. So yeah, that's pretty fun. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm thinking back to what I was like, how did I get my character out of the dungeon? I think it was one of those dungeons where you end up outside on a peak somewhere and that's where my character died. So we were already outside. And I think I, I I'm, I'm trying this is so many years ago. I, I think I had to fling them off the side of a mountain in order to get down the mountain because <laughs> i remember their body like their dead body flopping down the mountain and then i had to like continue dragging yeah it was very tragic and yet a noble thing <laughs> the more i think about it it was so ridiculous i'm sorry but yes that uh, 55 companions <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's awesome yeah. i'm just imagining mercurio getting like thrown down the wall like that dungeon where like the high elf pretends to be whatever side you're on <laughs> <laughs> oh man so goofy i don't yeah. have crazy modding stories since i started playing on i played it on the xbox so i didn't have all that like great modding experience mm-hmm. but uh a most memorable part was I think I was like exploring the woods north of Rifton, come across some random dude, and I was like, "Oh hi!" Just randomly changes to a werewolf and just slaughters me. I was oh, like, geez. "Oh, all right, cool." <laughs> <laughs> and then um, others, I mean, like just the random encounters where you see two dragons fighting each other, and if you look in the guidebook, and they even say it's in Loring Games where. Um, when two dragons are fighting, it's literally a verbal debate. It's just, just yeah. freaking hilarious. They're having a debate. <laughs> They're not actually just trying to slaughter each other. They're just having an argument. <laughs> I can just imagine Parthenax and Durnover yelling, like, no, your mom. Right, right, right. <laughs> Chef, do you have, you have any good ones? Probably. Um, it's not really a particularly goofy one, but I think the most fun I ever had with a playthrough is like, probably like three years ago now when it was uh, the first time I like properly like tried to role play a character when it was first like really getting into modding and I finally got my script extender to work. I added like so many quest mods and I planned out how I was going to do it. And I, I tried to like construct like a novel worthy story, you know? Uh And it was Uh the most fun thing ever. We're like, I made a character who 
started off just like at like the lowest point, kind of like building himself back up like through the main quest and like getting crashed down again with some like really depressing mod stories and like ending it, like building himself <laughs> back up again. It was the most fun thing. Uh-huh. It's just, just the, I, I love the sheer like freedom to play however you want. It's just, yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Like I remember I was going through one mod where it was set in, um, like the Western reach, like the high rock half of it. Mm-hmm. And that one's super like dark and gritty. Hmm. I think the darkest parts of Skyrim, that's the soft parts of beyond reach. It's, it's pretty miserable at points you get. It, it's fairly lore accurate as well, which is another thing that I really look for in a lot of the mods. Yeah. And I went to some of uh, this in stuff, the, uh, the Japanese modder who does like the dark soul style stuff like vigilant. Hmm. That one got pretty dark too. But like, just it was so much fun, like playing a character who I could just like build up, you know? Yeah, I don't know, it, was, it was great. It might just be the berserk fan of me talking, but <laughs> it was really cool to see, like, just like the one guy against the world. It's so much fun to play. That's cool. So, um, we've been talking to mods a lot. What's what's one of the weirdest things you've modded into the game? What's one of the just like the silliest or weirdest things? And it can be just a silly little thing. <laughs> Or something that makes you crap yourself. It makes you crap yourself. Yeah. Well, how, does then, uh, uh, how does that work? How does that work? You see a monster, and all of a sudden you hear like, are, "No!" Like, every once in a while, when NPCs are walking around, you just see like a little item drop on the floor. You're like, "What the hell is that?" You go and look at it, and it's like a little turd, just a little poop <laughs> sitting on the ground. <laughs> yeah, you know the worst part. I'm pretty sure it's like heal one HP when eaten. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. It should, it should poison there's another you. Really it should poison you like, The second you walk out of like Helgen Keep, it's just like you got a heart attack and died. Oh no! Oh, and it just makes the game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like the Thomas the Tank Engine ones, yeah. the classics. Thomas the Tank Engine is classic. That that one's great. That one's great. I um. I never, I never modded it uh, other than immersion mods. Oh really? Oh, there's yeah. some wacky ones out there. There's some wacky ones. I remember I saw one where it was, I think it was MXR's first Skyrim mods weekly back in the day. Where it was, uh, they made a mod for like arachnophobes, where it replaced the um, all the spiders with bears, but uh-huh. that required a script, so they couldn't do that. So they just removed the spider model and put a bear model, <laughs> but obviously it didn't work. So it was just like a bear T posing, and it still had like all the like the sounds and like the attacks of a spider. Oh god, <laughs> those that one looked really goofy. I, I wish I could have been around that era. Yeah, one came out a week ago uh, that I, I reviewed in a video called. Um... Uh, mud crabs are beavis and they replaced all the sounds that mud crabs make with beavis from beavis and butthead and you can hear them as you get closer and they're like i heard you either reference that in like the pre-show of the last one or something uh-huh. like the last uh lore cast and i was just dying laughing oh my god I- hilarious little things like that are really funny because especially if you just kind of put them in and then don't think about them for a while and then you just come across them in the game somewhere because you don't you don't run into mud crabs every day playing the game like they're only in specific locations but then all of a sudden you just hear something out of the corner of the you're just like what is that and you're like oh yeah the mud crabs sound like beavis 
<laughs> they're just like what or like um there's one way back in the day was uh the skeletons play the uh, spooky creepy spooky skeleton song or whatever it is spooky scary skeletons spooky, spooky, scary, scary skeletons. down your spine yeah 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 and so like and you'll you know you spooky hear it like will shock your bones and steal your yes. soul tonight yeah 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 and so so you'll you'll be in like a dungeon and it'll be like a skeleton and you can always hear the little creaky sounds of the skeletons but instead way off in the distance you'll you'll hear the song start playing and then it gets louder and louder as they get closer and closer like little things like that just like if you're looking for a really, really just wacky like making the game silly like especially the sound mods just I, I saw one where it was like some i think it was like a vtuber they replaced the fusro doll with like some sound effect from like a vtuber who played skyrim recently mm. something goofy like that Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's another one that came out recently that um, they added a, like 15 new uh, voice lines to Mike the Liar, but they were um, like they're fourth wall breaking li- lines, but they were fourth wall breaking lines that were commentaries on mods. Oh. So Mike the Liar would say something like, um, I forget what one of them was something like, um, have you noticed the the bus lines of the women in Skyrim are much larger the, uh, lately? <laughs> It's like he was watching an MXR video. <laughs> right, like he's commenting on modders who just like could totally make the proportions of the women in the game like ridiculous. Hilarious. Which is yeah. of course a thing so many people do, you know. Yeah. Uh, just like that kind of stuff is just like ridiculous and funny. So, yeah. But yeah, I want somebody to make a modder like adds um lines to Mike where it's just um Ricky from Trailer Park Boys and stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that wouldn't be out of place. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben, have you ever, should, have you ever make that. done any weird, weird, odd modding? Nah, not really. I mean, I play primarily on console typically mm-hmm. when it comes to like a lot of my games. I'm not, I mean, I have a PC, but I only play like any of those really on PC. So I don't really do a whole lot of modding. Um, have you tried the console I mean, I, mods? <laughs> yeah, I've tried console mods. I'm on Xbox. So, they, I mean, compared oh, you to got the good ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Compared Yours are to playable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> External assets are nice. Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, I, haven't really, I haven't really dived into it recently, so I don't really remember too much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the ones I like to use from the, like the, the, the ones that are kind of built into the game that you can download on console and stuff are usually like the weather mods, the ones that like, like there's like the um, cold and wet mod which is cool because it adds like when the when the weather gets dark, you can hear you can see your breath or like when you get out of the water, your clothing drips like little things like that to add a little bit of immersion to the world. Um, like those are the things that I think are just like if you're playing, if you're looking for more of that, like realism, lore friendly experience and you're not looking for mud crabs to sound like Beavis, <laughs> then like I'm I'm one one side or the other. I either want there's a really good console mod that's 100 percent available on PlayStation it's this guy, I don't remember specifically the guy who made it, Sarcastic Dragon. He added uh, his snarky loading screens, ah. where it just changes all the loading screens dialogue <laughs> to the best stuff possible. There you go. There you go. Oh. Yeah, so I, I either do, like, make the game more realistic and, like, lore-focused, you know? Like, cool armor that totally fits in the world, that kind of stuff. Better graphics. Or super wacky, off, you know, just bonkers. Like, one <laughs> or the other. That's... That's how I do it. So that would be my advice if you ever want to just kind of mess around with it. I might do that tonight. 
<laughs> it's it's fun, especially you know, especially on the console because you just go through the list and you'd be like, yeah, I'll try this one, and this one, and this one, and this mm-hmm. one, and most of the time it'll work. Any other favorite memories? Any other like wacky like oh man i remember when this happened it's not in game but one of my buddies really hates the falmer so for a while i, I taught myself how to do a really good falmer impression of, oh, like yeah? a little noise they make when they attack i can't do it at all anymore it sounds oh, awful man. but i always used to like jump scare him with that one in the middle of class or something oh what, what is that sound i'm trying to trying to picture it they make like this like little nasally like kind of like sneeze it's, it's weird to describe yeah like like imagine you got like a little cough almost at the back of your throat then you're uh-huh. trying to like like call like a crow on top of it uh-huh it's a goofy little noise yeah huh yeah i, I can't i can't picture it in my head but I'll, i'm sure i'll listen <laughs> for it next time i play because i've run into a bunch of those guys lately yeah yeah Oh, my first Falmer encounter, I remember I was so freaked out by him. It was in that uh, little cave near Whiterun mm-hmm. where, like, guards will sometimes talk about it. Like, oh, I've been weird, been hearing weird sounds coming from that cave recently. Avoid hunting there. And, like, it was, like, a little miscellaneous thing to go check out the cave. Yeah. Yeah, they're that creepy. One. They're creepy dudes. Yeah. Yeah, and then when you realize I, they I can't see. I pity them so much. When you, when, they, when you realize they can't see, and if you just kind of stand there, they'll just, like, walk past you. Because they, they they only listen they they can only hear so yeah. they, they'll like look right past you they can't see you unless you make sounds it's pretty cool but they're so sad too um, oh yeah it's tragic extremely yeah. tragic super creepy like was, and extremely I was tragic on the Discord earlier that like you know maybe that would be a funny topic because it's kind of like Thanksgiving like you know settlers <laughs> coming to meeting the natives but God like the return is actually really sad if you look at it from that perspective of like oh uh, yeah the farmer. Oh, like, it's tragic. Eastermore is kind of justified, like, oh, yeah, you killed everybody here. We're going to get you back for that. But it's really kind of like it went so far, like, south for the founder. It's awful. Yeah, they got the short end of the stick in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. But they regret yeah. that. Yeah. So we're getting close to the end of this. If let's let's wrap it up with like a like um like what is your favorite part of Skyrim? Like, what is your favorite thing to do what is your favorite part about the game what is your like like if you could sum up your skyrim experience with like the best part of of playing skyrim like what is it what is it about skyrim that makes it a classic for you it makes it one of those games that you can always just go back to and just keep playing like why is it why is it a game that 10 years later is still just like it's still just um, it's as good, if not better, than it was ten years ago. I, think, I, I oh, go on. I was gonna say like the freedom and the immersive, like that you can get from the world. Um, just the rich, rich, deep lore that it has that you can get yourself super immersive into. But you can literally do whatever you want, whenever you want. Like you can set it down and then come back to it two years later and go where you left off like it's it's not like a game where you have to constantly restart yeah i think yeah you know and i think the mod the their embracing of the mod community i mean it, it, other than like civ i mean there are a few games i play but i think skyrim is the most modded um but then just in terms of like not my copy but like the overall number of mods and downloads but i think what keeps it me coming back is it's it's the only game i played or the best game i've played at almost like taking you as a person and what you're doing on your controller and like 
transferring it into an actual world because it's not like, it's not like this gamified leveling up system. Like, I mean, you literally become what you decide to do in the game, which is, it feels with how open world it is and the choices you have and how there's like little tidbits that, you know, the game adjusts to you as you play and the choices you make. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that, I mean, that's why a lot of people play video games is to get out of our world or to try to experience something different that we can't experience in ours. Yeah. And I feel like Skyrim has accomplished that maybe better than any other game. Yeah. Well said. I'm a big fan of just making new characters and just really getting into them and just being able to just make a new life and experience little bits of it and just drop it and go to the next one and do the same thing again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really fun to just build the characters and just go all the way through it, like make like a little story, like, and I kind of like imagine in my head, like, oh, some of these guys are just walking around the world as well. And I just haven't bumped into them yet. You, you can just, it's just the freedom of expression, really. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that, that actually reminds me of a, a good quote I found, on, found online one time um, saying, I'm not a gamer because I don't have a life. I'm a gamer because I want to have many. Right, right. Like gaming doesn't keep me from living my life. I still live my life. I enjoy my life, but I also enjoy doing other things as well. Just, just like somebody who enjoys to read or watch movies. But you wouldn't also enjoy like Balder, the illiterate Nord's life. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's, that's, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I noticed jumping back into it is, um, the, the gameplay loop. And I don't think this is something I noticed the first few times. The, the gameplay loop is so satisfying. The yeah. find a quest, meet a person, go to a place, kill things, loot the body, go to a room, explore the room, kill things, loot the bodies, explore a room, uncover something, learn more about the, the situation, you know, read, read a document, learn more about the situation, kill things, loot the bodies, get deeper into the situation. The situation has a twist, you know, fight a big enemy kill it, loot the body, explore, find a secret chest somewhere, loot it, go back, turn in the quest. Like that, that loop is so satisfying that they've, they've refined it so much. And I still think that there are some quests in oblivion and maybe Morrowind that probably are written in some ways more interestingly than in Skyrim. Like, I, I think just just slightly better. There, there might be some quest lines that are just like just the writing is just a little bit higher tier, but the actual gameplay loop system in Skyrim is better. And that's the difference. And if they could if they could create a game with a game, the gameplay loop of Skyrim, but with the like more dark and interesting writing that happens in Oblivion and Morrowind and they could bring those two things into the same game, then that would be, that would be amazing. Now, and we're talking like 9.5 as, as opposed to 10, you know, on a scale. Like these are, these are all top tier things, but like it would just nudge it that much higher, you know? So that's where I'm at with that. Well, guys, what? Oh, go ahead. Bert. There's one. Bert. There's one amazing thing about the the Elder Scrolls, like mm-hmm. the, that you get from Skyrim that I feel like should definitely have been mentioned, considering the context of the show. Have we not talked about like the fact that it's a gateway into some of the most interesting lore and in just fiction in general? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Like 
I, I, I was ne- I never knew that like the games could have this crazy deep lore. Then I see like one video about something Michael Kirkbride wrote like ten years ago, <laughs> and I'm completely reinvested in it. Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's something that I, I just want to add. Like it, it, it gets so much deeper and so much more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I have a show to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, Brib, you had something. Well, I was just going to say I think Bethesda takes feedback usually pretty well, and so hopefully the. Uh, Elder Scrolls six or Starfield combine those two elements that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I think they will. I think that, um, I think in some, I mean, I think they, they, they attempted to, I think that the, I, I don't think that they were not trying to do that with Skyrim. I just think that there were, there were certain elements in those games that I don't, I don't know. I think that they, I don't know. I think that the writers were in a different headspace in, when they wrote those games. And I think that those games were just a little bit more mysterious and a little bit more, uh, in some ways, darker than some of the writing in Skyrim. I think some of the writing in Skyrim was a little bit more epic and a little bit less dark and mysterious. Although there are dark and mysterious things in Skyrim too, I think it just sometimes it just depends on the the tone and the delivery. Um, but those things still exist in the game. You know, like for example, the the Dark Brotherhood story in Oblivion, I think, is more dark and mysterious than the Dark Brotherhood story in Skyrim. The Dark Brotherhood story in Skyrim is more of a, a story of betrayal, whereas the Dark Brotherhood story in, in Oblivion is more of a story of like darkness and mystery. And it's they're just different tones. So, you know, it's just it's a it's a preference. You know, do you prefer one over the other is really the question. Um, I don't know. I, I guess that's a personal thing. But maybe some, maybe more people prefer one over the other. I don't know. But it ha- you do too much of one thing in a row, and all of a sudden it becomes a pattern, and then you get bored of the pattern. So you have to mix it up. So there, there's never an easy answer to these things, right? You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. You have to mix it and up. That's why we have bots. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been super fun. Thank you for joining me again. And, and again, thank you for supporting the show. I really do appreciate your support and being here and just being part of the community. And you guys make make this so fun every month and being part of the the discord and you know just chiming in and and just all the all the fun things um let's go back through and feel free to share anything that you're working on anything you want to you want to talk about and ways people can get a hold of you ben thanks for being here yeah uh, i mean you can find me on twitter ben Tamaria. same on twitch uh i have been streaming on twitch too much because retail life is getting to me with this holiday season and that so black that's friday you got fun. that black friday friday yeah, it's blues all, it's all that fun stuff <laughs> so um but other than that i mean hopefully i was supposed to do my witcher photo shoot here a couple weeks ago but hopefully doing that here shortly again but uh with this cold weather up here mm. but I, know, I mean that's all i'm really really doing yeah, man. Season two, season two of The Witcher coming yes, up. Yes. We're, we're going to be talking about that on Monday night. Ben's going to join us on The yes. Witcher Lorecast, talking about our our um, expectations and predictions for season two of The Witcher. It's going to be awesome. Henry Cavill is going to be great. Henry yes. Cavill, dude, that show. Well, you see me on there too. Cool. We've been recapping season one. It's been so much fun watching that show again. If you haven't watched The Witcher I don't on Netflix, people don't like that show. It's it's, it's really it's, it's who doesn't like good. that show? That show is phenomenal. Yeah. Those the people that they compare it to Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh my god. Game that's of Thrones was good oh, and then it was terrible. Why, <laughs> that's probably that's probably why the guy from Fudge Muffet that I know it doesn't uh doesn't like it too much. He's a big Game of Thrones guy. Oh, just get over yourself, dude. That game yeah. that show is awesome. 
All right. Yeah, it's pretty good. Chef, you got anything going on or ways people should reach you? Uh, I spent a good like two weeks at the beginning of this month trying to get more into streaming, but you know, life caught up to me and some more stuff is going on. But hopefully, hopefully going forward, I'll be able to get more into that. So you can find me pretty much everywhere at same username as here, Chef Spugadeo. Just search S-H-E-F-F. You'll find it. There's I doubt anybody else uses the name. And if you follow me on Twitter, you're probably going to see some funny discourses with me and my unofficial girlfriend who's actually not a girlfriend because non-binary i don't know how to describe it but you know what i mean significant other my someone we'll go with some somewhat other yeah uh you know you'll see some some banter on there it's pretty funny follow for follow for a laugh all right sounds good (laughs) (laughs) awesome well good luck with all all of that Um, thanks man and brib yeah, I'm, you, if you want to find me, I mean, on the Discord, or I'm playing ESO, um, or Age of Empires 2, or not 2, Age of Empires 4. Yeah. That came out, that reminds me of 2. It's a lot like 2. Yeah. It's very good. It's very good. Um, but I'll play those online if you ever want to meet up or chat, or I'll be playing Skyrim, which you won't be able to meet up and chat, but anyway. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks again for joining me, everybody. And uh, too bad Lotus wasn't able to join us, but he'll be back with me next week. And I hope he uh, was able to get home from his holiday uh, his holiday party. I know things are the weather up there is a little bit rough and stuff. But uh, Lotus, we miss you. We'll see you next week. And there's not too rough. We have like half an inch of snow, but people from out of town think it's something. Oh, is that what is going on? Well, yeah. I, I, know, I know he said he's, he kind yeah. of, his family party thing went a little bit long and then he had to help somebody else get home and things just kind of snowballed quote-unquote snowballed (laughs) yeah so uh lotus we missed you but um we'll we'll have him back next week and we'll be back same time next week this was friday night this week because of the holiday but we'll be back on thursday and oh and by the way they're speaking we spoke a lot about mods there is a mod convention coming up in early december this is something they've been talking about on the Skyrim mods discord channel so uh, or no, I'm sorry not discord there is a discord channel for it but on the reddit subreddit the reddit.com slash r slash Skyrim mods subreddit and a lot of the big modders in the um, Skyrim community who are doing a lot of these big conversion mods are in the first week of December there's going to be a few days of them doing these live streams where they're talking about modding and all sorts of stuff there's a big event coming up and so I, I said I would mention that on the show, I don't have a lot of the specific details in front of me right now. I'll talk about it a little bit more as it gets closer. But if you're interested, make sure that you follow that subreddit. And there's I believe there's like a pin post. There's some other stuff going on in there. So if you're into Skyrim modding, go check that out. If you're into um, mods, I've, I've already posted like four videos in the last week on mods on the Robots Radio YouTube channel. That's where I'm going to be posting more and more Skyrim modding stuff because that's the big thing I'm into right now, including I, I made my stream look like uh, Borderlands with the Borderlands mods. I've I've been I've been doing all sorts of right now. It's actually I put on some different mods. I undid the Borderlands stuff. My game looks freaking amazing, guys. I've got some mods in there that make it just look beautiful. So if you want to go check out that stuff, look at some of the live stream um, recap videos that are up there. And then some of the other mod stuff. So if you're into anything having to do with Skyrim mods, I will be posting stuff. I'm doing like weekly recaps on some of the best new mods in the last week where I'm just going through and just pulling out all the best ones that you should be paying attention to. So I'll be doing a lot of that stuff. So come come join the live streams in the mornings if you have any questions about Skyrim or modding or any of that kind of stuff. 
And um, and also, <laughs> if you want to spin Shiogorath's uh, roulette wheel and make my dungeons uh, more difficult with things like, um, you know, uh, force me to play in third person mode or that's the little sound of the wheel right now. No sneaking or left handed or no melee attacks or remove my chest armor like all of these things happen during the during the streams and it gets super wacky so anyway lots of fun stuff over on the robots radio youtube and we'll be back next week thanks everybody we'll see you guys later thanks for being here friends stay safe in tamriel we'll see you next time Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at ElderScrollsLorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESOLorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at RobotsRadio.net. Do you love the Mass Effect series, and are you looking to learn even more about Mass Effect? The things that you didn't even know that you didn't know? Well, this is your host, Tom, or Robots, and me and my co-host, N7Legend, do a show called the Mass Effect Lorecast. It is available on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this right now. We also do it live on twitch.tv slash robotsradio, 1030 Eastern, 730 Pacific on Sunday nights. So go look it up right now. The Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to have you join us. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Hey all you wannabe raiders out there, it's your bestest girl Rose coming at you from top of the world. Now it's time for your local traffic and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> And now a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever! So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not raiders check out this thing they call a podcast the modus files whatever that's supposed to be on spotify itunes and wherever else you listen to those things double ug they're not paying me enough for this till later